Meekness is pursuing humility. How do I really view myself in relation to how I view my God? And here's where it gets convicting. The person who is truly meek is not proud of himself or herself. The person who is truly meek doesn't boast in self or glory in self. The person who is truly meek doesn't put self forward for the sake of self-gain. Thanks for joining us again on Live in the Light. I'm Craig Turnbull, your host, and you've tuned us in today in the middle of our series looking at Matthew's gospel and a much-loved portion of God's Word, the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5, 5 today, we look more closely at just what Jesus means when he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's a verse loaded for us, loved ones, and we hope you stick around for what God would have us understand here today. And we're praying that this knowledge will lead to transformation for the glory of God. Let's meet up with Pastor Robbie with today's message now. So if you want God to move away from you, get out your can of pride and spray yourself down, all right? And God will move away from you. That's what pride does. God opposes the proud. And meekness knows that. So meekness is repulsed by pride. Meekness is pursuing humility. And here's one of the most powerful aspects of meekness. It's how do I really view myself in relation to how I view my God? And here's where it gets convicting. The person who is truly meek is not proud of himself or herself. The person who is truly meek doesn't boast in self or glory in self. The person who is truly meek doesn't put self forward for the sake of self-gain. The person who is truly meek doesn't demand for self. Now listen, one of the questions I get sometimes, is it wrong to be ambitious? No, ambition's good as long as it's not rooted in you. If it's rooted in a pure for the things that are right and, and the blessing of others and, and the Lord working in your life, I think there's an element of ambition that's really exciting. But if it's all about you receiving the glory, then it's sinful. And meekness does not pursue a position or privilege or pleasures only for self-gain. Meekness doesn't go for that type of uh, goal. Meekness does not always look out for number one. And here's one, of the, here's one of the real interesting parts of meekness. The reason meekness doesn't always look out for number one is because meekness is not that all impressed with number one. You know you're growing in, 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 uh, in meekness. When you look in the mirror and you're like, I got a lot of work to do. Like, like non-meekness looks in the mirror and says, wow, I'm smoking hot, all right? And you may not think, well, I don't think I'm that at all. But in a lot of ways, we live a life where we are saying that because people are constantly being pushed aside so we can get ahead. You must think you're pretty special because you decided you're better than everyone else. Look at your life and examine. Do those things happen? It could be as simple as stealing a drink from one of your siblings. It could be a butting in line at the grocery store because somehow your time is more important than the other person. It could be messing with someone else at work so you get a promotion instead of them. It could be telling false truths to advance yourself. It could be small, it could be big. Meekness doesn't do that. Meekness trusts in the Lord. 
Meekness is not looking to push someone or push myself ahead of someone else. So here's some great questions. Meekness also, because you're not looking out for number one all the time, how do you handle when people come against you? How sensitive are you regarding yourself? Here's a great question for all of us. How defensive do we get regarding self? Because meekness fights against becoming overly defensive. Here's what Martin Lloyd-Jones said, such insight into this. He says, to be truly meek means we no longer protect ourselves because we see there's really nothing worth defending. Do you get that? He says, we don't really protect ourselves because we look in the mirror and we're like, eh. Like in, in reality, everything I have is grace. And so therefore, why am I defending something that really isn't mine to boast in in the first place? When you see it from that point and you say, am I really gonna try to defend what probably is actually true? That's when you go, yeah, to pride, all right? That's when pride takes such a hit and humility is growing in your life. Reminds me of a time when I was golfing with a, a good friend of mine. He goes to this church and I hit a shot off the tee and it was a bad shot. And I was visibly upset and frustrated. And he turned, I'll never forget it. I don't think I'll forget it. He says to me, he goes, Simons, um, you're not good enough to get mad. <laughs> you know what my flesh did? That's what my flesh did. But he's right. He's right. I never forgot. That was brilliant comment. As much as I was wounded in pride, it took me a few holes to get over it, you know, but, but getting to the place where saying he's right. And this relates to our life as well. How defensive we become over something which isn't even true within our lives as we put ourselves up here when in reality, we're nowhere near there. Meekness is elevating others. Meekness sees the, the glory of Jesus Christ. And when someone attacks us, we might even be in the place to say, you got a good point. But the question remains is, how are you when you're attacked? Do you get really defensive? Do you counter attack? You can't wait to get back at that person. Is this what you look like when you get defensive? Okay, spouses, no elbowing right now, all right? None of that right now. But this is, this is, this is a reality with a whole bunch of us. When we get insulted, we snarl. How dare you do that to me? True or false? Thank you. The one honest person in the room yelling it out because <laughs> it is true. Again, you know what Martin Lloyd-Jones says? Again, this is, this is incredibly convicting uh, for me and probably for you too. He says, it's okay when I call myself a sinner, but instinctively, I'm not okay when someone else calls me a sinner. Hmm... See, I find it pretty easy at times to recognize my own sin, but it's a whole different ballgame when someone else comes up to me and starts to point out my sin. That is a test of meekness. You know how many marriages would be saved if one person in that marriage, when attacked, simply said, yeah, you're right, I am that way. But what happens? It's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah you're like this. And then bang, 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 the whole thing's done. If they would just stop for one second and in meekness say, you're right. I have sinned in that way. I have wronged you. I'm sorry. That's the power and the beauty of meekness. And that's the power and beauty of humility. See, meekness can be confronted. Meekness can be corrected. 
and meekness can be convicted. But if you're not meek, you respond to that, cue wolf, cue wolf, here you go. Then it's, it's this again. But in this case, the wolf loses every single time. This is why Jesus says, happy are the meek, but miserable are the proud. What do we got so far? Meekness is gentleness, meekness is humility, but don't be mistaken, meekness is also strength. Meekness is strength. I love this so much. Jesus said in Matthew 11, I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's meekness. But Jesus was uh, possessed the most power this world has ever known. It was Jesus who stooped to wash his disciples' feet, meekness. And yet at that same moment, everyone in the room had no doubt who was in charge. You see, you see? You can be so powerful in meekness and lead and serve at the same time. It was Jesus who agonized with tears in the garden of Gethsemane, meekness, and yet who also rose up and voluntarily gave his life to die on the cross, meekness. It was Jesus who had children, young children, run to him. He gathered on his lap, meekness. And yet the same Jesus got up in the temple and cleared the uh, tables and cleared the temple away from those who were abusing his father's house. Meekness, it's all meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Our world would say a meekness can be a, a vice. It is not. Meekness is well defined as being strength under control. Meekness is like a, the analogy of a, a wild horse that has been tamed. There's such strength there, but it's harnessed strength. It, it, it's, it's unleashed at the proper time. It's not scattered all over the place. And this is what I love about meekness. It's a huge prayer for my own heart, a huge prayer for my kids, a huge prayer for my church, that we be men and women of a humble strength. There'd be such humility, but at the same time, there'd be such strength. So meekness is not wimpy. Get that in your heart and mind. This is not a superficial niceness. Meekness is not the person's always nice, right? Smiling, nice all the time. It's not, anyone can be nice. You want to smile? I love smiling, okay? I'm not saying don't smile. I'm just saying anyone who can put it on their face as an act, but meekness is so much deeper than that. Meekness is strong. Meekness doesn't lack conviction. Meekness isn't easily pushed around all over the place. Meekness is not confidence in, a, in the flesh. Meekness is confident in the things of the Lord. Moses was called the meekest man on the face of the earth in Numbers chapter 12. Consider his life in some ways so weak in himself. I can't do it, Lord. I can't speak. I don't want to go down to Egypt. Lord, choose someone else. And God's like, no, I'm choosing you. So weak and so meek and yet so strong. He confronted Pharaoh, the greatest ruler of his day. He led the people out of Egypt. The Red Sea was parted. Incredible things happened through the meekest man on the face of the earth, Moses. And that's what God wants to do in us as well. So don't you dare think that meekness is being a wimp. Meekness takes great strength. You know what's interesting about meekness too? There is a sense within meekness where there's room for anger. But anger that does not include sin, of course. Jesus is the example of this. Again, in the temple. There he is, a righteous indignation, the most perfect meek man ever, but overturning tables and driving people out. And it's here that the disciples watched him and they thought of the verse in the Psalms that said, zeal for your house will consume me. So there's a perfectly meek man full of passion and strength for the things that matter most. So within meekness, there is room for righteous anger. But don't you dare take what I just said and go home today and somehow said, pastor said, it's okay if I lose my temper on my family. 
There's a massive difference between righteous indignation and sinful anger. Here's one of the things we need to know right away, and this is so important for today. There are some of us in this room right now who frankly struggle with our tempers. That we have fits of rage that come from our lives upon those we should love the most. And we have an inability to control this anger and it is sinful. That is not meekness. That is a problem. That is a big problem. There are some men in this room right now where you lose it on your wife with verbal abuse and rage. That is absolutely unacceptable. That can never happen. It should never, ever, ever, ever happen in your life, ever. There's no room for that to occur within someone you should love the most. And if that is you today, you should see it for what it is and fall on your face and see the grace of God and his love come upon you to say, God, I need meekness in my life. I need to take the strength I've been entrusted with by God, but control it and the power and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And the meek person when done wrong will make it right. They will crawl if they need to, to the place and beg for forgiveness for the things that they've done, which they've known have grieved the Lord and hurt those they care about so much. But meekness is strong. And when it's, you see how hard this is? And yet when it's happening, wow, how God can use it gentle, it's humble, it's strong. And fourthly, meekness is this, it's, it's long-suffering. Meekness is long-suffering. What I mean by that is, is that it's patient in areas of life. Meekness will not be resentful. Meekness will not seek vengeance. Meekness does not retaliate. Meekness is willing to suffer unjustly for the cause of Christ. Example of this is our Savior, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22 on the screen for you. Not the wolf. There we go. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Listen to this. Jesus Christ, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. So, so he was perfect. That's why he had to came and, and live and die, right? Understand that. Jesus lived the perfect life so he could die the, the perfect death and sacrifice. We sacrificed for our sins. You and I couldn't do that. We couldn't sacrifice the perfect sacrifice because we're sinners. Jesus Christ was without sin. That's why the cross was so necessary. But notice this, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return, meekness. When he suffered, he did not threaten, meekness. But he continued to entrust himself to his father who judges justly. That, that is meekness from the sky right there. That is meekness. I am ultimately entrusting myself to the one who's got my back in every aspect of my life. That's the starting point of meekness as I lay my life before the Lord. But what will Satan do? Satan will try to get you to run as far away from meekness as possible. And how does he do that? One of Satan's greatest tactics, as 1 Corinthians 2 says, is unforgiveness. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy in our lives, in our relationships is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness leading to bitterness and resentment. If Satan can breed within us an unforgiveness, whether it's with our spouse or our siblings or our neighbors or our loved ones or people in our church or leaders in our church, whatever it might be, if he can get unforgiveness going, he can destroy the whole thing. 
And often accompanied with unforgiveness are things like jealousy, envy, and hatred. Meekness hates these things. Meekness runs in the end, the opposite direction. Matthew Henry said that the meek are those who'd rather forgive 20 injuries than avenge just one. You'd rather just pour out forgiveness than try to get vengeance on just one person. Meekness is long suffering. And so therefore meekness is someone again who is teachable, who is teachable. Meekness welcomes growth. Meekness looks to learn from others. That's why um, any person used in our church as a leader, at some level, they gotta be meek in this area of being teachable. Because any leader in our church has to understand they don't have all the answers. They have to be willing to receive correction. They have to come from a standpoint of saying that, 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 that I need help in my life. I need feedback. I need to grow with the help. I have blind spots in my life. And frankly, this, this, this meekness of being teachable has to start with me. Meekness is, is teachable. Are we teachable? If meekness is found in the person who is patient. So irritation does not rise quickly. You're patient for God's timing and not your own. And this is best seen in Jesus. He says, he lays down his will, such meekness. God, not my will, but your will be done. That is meekness everywhere. Everywhere that is meekness. Jesus Christ, I trust in you as opposed to my will for my life. So meekness surrenders to the spirit of God and what he wants as opposed to what I want. You say, are there examples of this? There are many I could bring up. Here's a, here's a couple. Parents who try and control their kids' destinies. That's not meekness. Parents who say, I'm gonna enforce my will and my desire upon my kid's life as opposed to God's will for their life. That's not meekness. People who behave impulsively without praying, rash decisions with no thought or prayer, that's not meekness. People who constantly speak out, you know when you're talking to someone and they like to talk and they're talking, talking, talking and you're just listening the whole time and then you go to say something and the whole time you're saying something, they're just in their mind, they're just turning around what they're gonna say in response and never actually listen to anything you've actually said. You know what I'm talking about? Like that, that's not meekness. The person who's meek is quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. This is meekness. People who squirm in panic under every trial. A trial comes and get me out of here, God, get me out of here. I can't say this anymore. That's not trust. That's not faith. Trust me, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but it's not meek. You know what I wanna do right now? And this will be for this part of the service each time. Um, this is for the person who's serious about meekness. And if you're serious about meekness, I'm gonna turn to a couple of verses right now, which speak on meekness. And what I'm advising you to do as pastor of this church this week, you will take these verses and you will unpack them in your heart. Maybe it's one verse a day. I don't know, you decide. You can write these down. Um, they will be on, the, two of them will be on the screen for you. But those who are serious, again, if you believe that God blesses meekness, if you believe this is happiness in your life, then you will be a person that is excited um, about this and wants to do something about it. So I'm gonna kind of spoon feed you as we go right here, but I, I pray it's gonna be a blessing. The first passage is Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verses one and two. 
And again, this will be on the screen for you. We can write it down for, for this week if, if God is leading you to do that, which I pray he is. Ephesians 4, verse one. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. What is that, Paul? What is the manner worthy of my calling with all humility, meekness, gentleness, meekness, with all patience, meekness, bearing with wonder and love, meekness, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Um, That is meekness. Unpack that with your heart and life and to say, where am I going with this? How am I doing? The next passage is Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three, verse 12. Again, this is Paul and he just said, put off all the sin, get rid of the sin. Now he says, put on then, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all these, put on love. It's all meekness. That's all elements of meekness um, in our lives. Next place I want to turn is the book of James. And this is not on the screen for you here, but James chapter one. And you write that down, James chapter one, verse 19, verse 19 to 21. James says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Listen to this, listen to this. Maybe you've never heard this verse before. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. How clear is that? The anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Verse 21, therefore, because of this, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, there's our word, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. One last text, James chapter three. By the way, when, you know, when I'm preparing and I write these verses down, I'm like, is this gonna bore them? Are they gonna be able to stay with me? Am I gonna lose half the room right now as I start turning to a couple of different passages? I'm not sure totally what to think about that. But I'm, but, I'm, but I'm praying as people who love the Lord and as people who are eager to grow, this would never be something you're like, oh, I'm a little tired, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna bother with this. My prayer is that you will, you will see the blessing of what God is trying to say to you. I'm just sharing with you, this is kind of stuff I think about sometimes. But I've, I've resolved, if there's 10 of you that are coming with me right now, it's worth it. It's worth it. And here's what it says in James chapter three, who is wise and understanding among you? He's about to tell us. You wanna know what wisdom is? By his good conduct, James 3, verse 13, by his good conduct, let him show his works. Listen, listen, listen. In the meekness of wisdom. There's our word again. In the meekness of wisdom. Verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast about that and be false to the truth. Hear that? Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. He says in verse 15, this is not wisdom that comes from above. When you have times of jealousy and selfish ambition, you can be sure of this. This is not of the Lord. This is not wisdom from above. He goes on to explain, rather not wisdom from above. It is earthly, unspiritual and demonic, he says, James does. Do you hear that? So when you're in places, when I'm in places of bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, we are really operating out of the devil's hand. We literally have demonic activity happening within our lives. Meekness runs from that. 
Meekness pursues true wisdom of peace, of what is gentle, what is open to reason, what is full of mercy and good fruits, what is impartial and sincere. A harvest of righteousness that is sown in peace is what the Bible says. It's a lot there. But this is the blessing of meekness. This is why it's so critical. And this is why happy are the meek and unhappy are the unmeek, which is not a word, by the way, but I just made it up because it's kind of fun, all right? But unhappy are those who are not pursuing meekness. The meaning of meekness is critical. And this takes us to the second point then is, I need to now know the blessing of meekness. So, so I got the meaning of meekness, I pray, but now I need to know the blessing of meekness besides the happiness that it brings in my life, which is Jesus' fundamental point. But here's the reason for the happiness. Here's Matthew 5, verse five. Happy are the meek, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. They shall inherit the earth. What is Jesus referring to there? He's referring to his messianic kingdom he's gonna set up. This is eschatology here. This is future events. This is new heavens, new earth. Jesus is talking about all those who love him, all those who believe in him, all those who are forgiven their sins because they have placed their faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. They shall inherit the earth. They are the ones that are rejected and ridiculed now. And yet they are actually the richest people on earth. Do you love Jesus Christ here today? You are one of the richest people on earth along with everyone else who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because you have received the inheritance of Jesus Christ himself. You have him within you. You have the promised hope of glory. You are guaranteed to reign with Christ in heaven, new heavens, new earth forever. This is your reality. The world disregards you. Jesus says, I love you. This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, we have nothing yet possess everything. That's my life. That's your life. We go around this world and the world says, you got nothing. We say, amen. Yet I have everything. I have everything because of what Jesus Christ has given to me in salvation. There is no greater gift than salvation itself. Do you see how powerful this becomes? You have inherited the earth. So here's the question for the meek. Why are we then running after trinkets when Jesus Christ has given us everything we need in him? Here's another great question. What are you being tempted to seek after in this world that you've already been given in Jesus Christ? Are you looking for riches? You have eternal riches. Are you looking for stuff on this earth that has no value? Jesus Christ has given you everything you could ever want of value in himself. The problem is we don't look to eternity, we look to now. And so we focus on the temporal while neglecting the reality of what we've been given in him. And this is where we get so nearsighted, we can't see. Jesus says, look up. Blessed are the meek, I've given you everything. Live like it. Live like you've inherited the earth. Live like your reward is great in heaven. Live like you will reign with Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. Just imagine when Jesus Christ returns. I mean, literally with me right now, just imagine what that's gonna be like. And he sets up his kingdom and you're with him forever. Imagine your mind what the new heavens and new earth will look like, what it will be like. Imagine the glory Imagine the beauty, imagine the peace, imagine the joy, imagine no pain, 
and no sin. Imagine no heartache and no sickness. Imagine being with Christ forever and ever in glorious, perfect, majestic joy. This is the blessing that awaits the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. A truth that will be, loved ones, but a truth that Jesus wants to see happening now in our lives. This is where true happiness and fulfillment starts. Meekness in the promises and the blessing of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.